All right, we're learning Daf Chav uh, So one of the things we mentioned about Chav Ches was about uh, eulogizing and funerals. If you can hold them in the shul, you can't hold them in the shul. So the Gemara continues now. There are two activities which are so important that you're in the Torah. Meaning, ordinarily, we're very reluctant to be in the Torah. The Torah is like the highest thing. But we would interrupt it for two things. Either for the Torah, the mace, Right, carrying out the bed, so that's good, of, of, uh, of, the, of going on the way to the funeral. So you have like a procession and you carry the coffin. So you would interrupt Torah learning to do that. And Lachnas is Kala. If a Kala, it's interesting because we don't so much do this today. We think of the mitzvah being, um, being Misamech as a But here it's, it's the idea that they would be Machnas her, like they used to accompany her down to the, to the chuppah, to the wedding. So I'm a lover of you, that it was he used to do this personally. This is the Stammer of Yehuda. He'd stop his Torah to carry out the dead for the, for the, to be buried and to be machnas the Kaal to the wedding. It says the price of Medrar when is this true? When the number of people who are at the procession either to the, to, of either one, um, this is, there's not enough people. Meaning like it's a weak crowd. So when it's a weak crowd and you show your face, so it's, it's, it's doing something. But if the number of the people there on the way to the funeral is you know, beyond necessary, in mevatel, and then it doesn't make sense because what are you really adding by doing it? So therefore, you're not mevatel. The whole point is that you're mevatel. Also, tzayrech to be to show the covered uh, to the dead body. Says so, we have a comical circle. So how much is enough? Like how are we how are we supposed to know? So what do we say? Um, now Tosis talks about that it could be that the Gemara's question is specific uh, to a Talmud Chacham. It's, and, 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 and if you think about it, it's like there, there should be like a specific number, like, a, you know, like you would, you would obviously say this, like commensurate to how greater the person is, that's how much you want to be machabed them. Like that's why the Gemara might be specific here to Tamil So what does the Gemara say? Tracer Alpha Gavre. We should look for 12,000 men with Shita Alpha Shipure and 6,000 people with chauffeurs. Right? That's what they would, uh, you see, it's just a crazy amount of thing. The chauffeurs were just, that was, that was customary. I used to have them at the funeral. So basically, you need 18,000 people. So if there's not 18,000 people at the Leviah, then, then, then you should do it. But again, Tysus holds that the Gemara here is specific to a Tamachach, because if you think about it, it's a pretty scary thing that the Gemara is saying. You know, I had this recently. It was, it was, a, it was a hard thing. It was during Corona, but whatever it was, where David Feinstein's Leviah, right? So that's like, how many people, you know, you think were there? Say, you guys remember, oh, that was the Gemara, 18,000, you know? Let's see, the Gemara comes back with other opinions, though. So the Gemara says, 12,000 men among the 12,000 are 6,000 chauffeurs. So it doesn't mean 18,000, it's a total of 12,000. Says the Gemara, Ula Amar Ula gives a different idea. If men, they're, they're chaiti, like they're making such a large amount of people gathering together from the gate until the cemetery. So that's, I guess, you have to know you have to know like the, the city dimensions, but the point is like from the city, the, the city entrance all the way to the cemetery is clogged up. So he has a completely different idea. The same way that the Torah was given, then so too the Torah is removed. So how was the Torah given with the, all the people being there? So so too when the Torah is removed, when the Tamachacham passes away, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes the Torah back, so to speak, that should be the number. Just the giving was before 600,000 men. So men. Anything less than that, is insufficient. Ula then adds even more. This is only true for someone who had just psukim in Mishnah. But if he taught, remember we learned about that yesterday, right? That teaching is, is a greater um, 
degree. Yeah? We said that, that, that if you shouldn't be mishtamish with the crown of Torah, at least do it for someone who learned, but definitely not for someone who taught. Less this year than this beyond limit. There's no limitation at all. I mean, there's not never enough people for, for someone who taught. That's, uh, that's what the Gemara seems to take away. There's no, there's no, there's no size whatsoever. <clears throat> and again, this is specific for to attend the funeral of a Tamachach. Says the Gemara, Tanya, here we're kind of going back to the theme of shuls here. Let's see how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves Klai Whenever we're exiled, the Shekhinah comes with us. So this idea is like Hashem is, Hashem is everywhere, obviously. It's not specific to one location, but there's the idea that uh, there's, more, there's more sometimes of a symptom of the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is when the Shekhinah is. So when the Shekhinah, when, when, we're, when we're sent to Galos, so the Shekhinah comes, a little bit of the Shekhinah comes with us as well. When we went to Mitzrayim, Shkini Yomam, Shinemar, I was revealed to your father's house when they were still in Egypt. So what's this a reference to? So it seems like this is um, some sort of Shechina that, that was there at that time. Pashim Shah would be that Hashem had Nebuah to Moshe Aaron, right? But, but, but the Gemara looks at this as more of a, a bigger thing. For your sake, um, I have been sent here to Babel. That's the Pasuk in in Yeshai, so we're saying it, Shilachti, I have been sent, not Shalachti, not Shilachti, I sent you, but I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, me, the Shekhinah itself, has been sent um, for you. So this is the idea that the Shekhinah went to Babel as well. And then the idea when we're going to be redeemed, the Shekhinah then will, will then be with that meaning. The Gemara is saying not only did the Shekhinah descend, but that then the Shekhinah will be redeemed. The same way we're going to have a Kibbutz Galios and gathered and go back, so there's going to be such a thing for the Shekhinah as well. The Shekhinah will be you know, taken care of and restored. Hashem will return with your exile. So again, that's what it is. Hashem will return together with their other exiles. It doesn't say Hashem is going to bring us back. Hashem will return. will be returning. He'll personally be returning. The Shechina will be returning as well together with this. Okay, so now that we stated this fact, that the Shekhinah is present in the Galas, the Gemara's query is, where is it present? Where is it in Babel? Where is the Shekhinah? We keep on saying that it's there. Where is it? So the Gemara says, I'm our Bible, the Hutzels, and the Shul of Hutzels, the Shaf Yasuf and the Shul that was destroyed and rebuilt in Nardal. So two different Shuls. One in Hutzel, there's a certain Shul, and then there's a Shul in Nardal that's called the one that was destroyed and rebuilt, and that's where the Shekhinah is. What is the Shul that was destroyed and rebuilt? So this is, goes back from the time that uh, Yechaniah was exiled from, from Yerushalayim and he went to Babel, so they brought with them materials from Yerushalayim and, uh, and they built stuff there. So interesting, interesting idea, but there's a very old special Shul there, and that is where the Shekhinah is. Even though we gave two Shuls, it doesn't mean that the Shekhinah is, is present in both places. It's not both in the Shul in Hutzal and in the Shul in Arda. It's not in both. Ella, rather, sometimes the Shekhinah is here, sometimes it's there. So it kind of like alternates where it is. Sometimes in Hutzel, sometimes in Arda. Amar Tasily, I deserve it to be given to me, meaning I deserve reward. Whenever I'm within one parcel, which is pretty big because a parcel is four, is four mil, a mil is 2,000 amas. So that means whenever I'm within 8,000 amas, so that means like whatever it is, a few miles, whenever I'm within a few miles of either one of these places, I lino matzil hasam. I go and I dive in there. So it's pretty important. You know, and Abayah is saying, like, I never miss an opportunity to dive in there. It's a very special school to dive in at these places because the Shekhinah is there. 
says the Gemara, They were sitting in the shul that was destroyed and were built in Ardah. They heard some sound. Mar doesn't say exactly what the sound was. But a regesh, regesh means like a, a hawk, you know, like something that's, that, that, that's stirring. And they got up and they left, right? And that was, the assumption was that the noise was that the Shekhinah was here. It was a sign for them to leave. They picked up and they left. Says the Gemara, but not everyone wants to do this. So Rav Sheshes, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, was also sitting in the shul that was destroyed and built in our door. When the Shekhinah came, he didn't leave. So the angels came and they were trying to scare him. Amalafana said before them, he said, he spoke directly to the Shekhinah. This is a very interesting argument. If you have somebody who's very, you know, very low, a Nebuch, which is a reference to himself, Rav Sheshes, and somebody who's, you know, like, wow, like Makovadik, who should bow to who? Meaning to say, if, if someone has to compromise to the other one, who should compromise to who? So you feel bad for the Nebuch, you let the Nebuch have his thing. You know, if you get, it's an interesting thing. It's like, imagine the wealthy man gets into sort of a Din Torah with the poorest man in town, right? So maybe he's right, but you let him have it, right? Because it's, he's, he's a Nebuch. See, he's saying, the angels got in a fight with me if I should leave. So I'm the Nebuch. So, of course, they should let me have it. So I'm a little so, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to the angels, let him be. So that's how he was able to stay in the shul together with the Shekhinah. All right? Says the Gemara, So this is a very famous concept. This is actually the source of it. Now we're learning the source. This is from the Pasuk in Yechezkel. So it says that I've been for them a small mikdash. So what is this, a small mikdash? What are we talking about? The shuls in Bata Mitrashim in Bavel, those are miniature based on mikdash. This is the house of our teacher in Bavel. Who's that? This is a reference to Rav. In other words, that Rav's house was like this. So it's interesting that we say, you know, it's the house. Presumably means his yeshiva. It doesn't mean his personal abode. It means, you know, the yeshiva of Rav. Says the Gemara. So again, so here we get it. We see that the Mikdash Ma'at, these special places of davening and, and learning, are Mikdash Ma'at. Darish Rava, Ma'adisib, Hashem Ma'on Atal Yisolanu. Hashem has been a Ma'on, as the Pasuk in Tehillim. So Ma'on means usually a place to live. So what is that? It's about the Yiknesu, it's about the Midrashos. They're basically, it's like ideas like instead of the Mikdash Ma'at, Hashem lives there. Amar Abai, Mishra, Vikarism, Vaisa, Matsun, Vikanishta. I used to learn in my house and daven in the shul. In other words, he used to be into learning in the privacy of his home. Even the Shabbos says, "Alam David," but then he heard David saying this pasuk: "Hashem ha'afti ma'on beisecha." He loved, he loved the ma'on of his house. Have a curious of So he started learning in the shul. In other words, that there's this idea that there's greater presence in the shechina, that the shechina is there, so on and so forth. So therefore, he stopped learning the privacy of his home and he learned in the shul. Says the Gemara Tanya, says the Rambam, "Blazar kafar omer." I see the matting. That's about the Midrash of Shabbavavel. She kavuberet Israel. Pretty famous idea that the the the, the, the we're going to see eventually. When Mashiach comes, all the shuls of Batim and Joshim are going to be picked up from Babel, and they're going to be replanted in Israel. Now, by the way, when we say Babel, is it specific to Babel? It just means in Gaul. It's going to be from America as well. We're going to have uh, our shul be transplanted there, transplanted there as well? I don't know. Mara always talks about him in Babel. It says like Har Tavar in mountains and like Har Karmel. So... Just like those mountains, and then he starts talking about Paro being uh, defeated by Nebuchadnezzar here. But, anyways, it sounds like there were these mountains. What mountains? It sounds like there was some time where two mountains crossed the sea. When did the mountains cross the sea? 
So it sounds like Mount Torah, the mountains came to Har Sinai. They wanted to be present in Mount Torah. So huge mountains, Har Carmel and Har Tabor, they crossed the Yamsuf to come. So the Gemara says, Why did the mountains come? They, they, they crossed, right? They came the whole thing that it went to the Yamsuf just temporarily to learn Torah. Nikban Eretz Yisrael, what's going to happen? They were established in Eretz Yisrael. Like, that's where we know those mountains today. And why did they get to Eretz Yisrael? Because of the schos, that they came to learn Torah. So they came to learn Torah by our, by our Sinai. When the Torah was given, then they were placed in Eretz Yisrael. So the shuls in Betzim and Joshua, where there's Habatzos Torah, right? Habatzos Torah means it like you, you teach it and it spreads from it. All the more certain that they're going to get to Eretz Yisrael. So this is the idea that uh, eventually every shul will go to Eretz Yisrael. Says the Gemara, Darish Barakabara, my disciple, what is the meaning of the Pasuk? Mama Tarasqan Harim, Gavnunim. So it says, what, what are we talking about these Gavnunim? Talking about the mountains here. But it, 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 we're saying the whole reference is at Har Sinai versus the other mountains. So it says, we say homiletically, Yatsavasko for Amma. Lama Tirzu Dinim Sinai, why are you having a din with Sinai? Why are you fighting with Har Sinai? As if the other mountains are fighting, and, and Hashem is saying, why? Why are you fighting? It's as if they're saying that it's not fair. That Har Sinai got the role of the most important mountain in the world. So you say, no, Kulchum Balimum Atem Eitzel Sinai. Hashem says, you're all Balimum and you all have blemishes compared to Har Sinai. That's why you didn't get the Torah. What's the blemish? So it says in the Pasuk Sivhacha, Gav Nunim. Gav Nunim literally means like a, a big, huge, lofty mountain. But when it's talking about a Kohen with a Mum, so it says Gibain. It means something in that context, it's talking about his eyelashes. He has something wrong with them, that they're too long. So, anyways, over there, you see it means too big, right? That's like, so we say that Lashon Gibain is written by the context of Mumin. So to Gav Nunim here with the mountains means that it's a Mum. And what's the Mum? The Mum is the arrogance, right? The, the famous Gemara. I was more humble than the other mountains. Amrav Ashi, Anyone who is arrogant is considered a Baumum, meaning forget about the fact that there's a character flaw. We understand that there's a character flaw. But it's more than that. It's not just that arrogance is a flaw in character. Arrogance is like a mum. It's like a blemish. It's like a, some physical problem on him. So we're saying that the mountains, they were all puzzled for, for Arsinai. Arsinai was the only mountain that was humble, wasn't fighting, that it didn't think it deserved to get the Torah. And that's specifically why it gets the Torah. Okay, now we analyze the Mishnah further. What did the Mishnah say? In osin osa kapandaria. We're not supposed to make the shul into a kapandaria. My kapandaria, what does that mean? I'm a rabba, kapandaria kishma. It's like the, the name itself implies. My kishma, what do we mean by the implication in the name? Command the It's like someone who says, Adma kifna adari Instead of going around the houses, let me go in here. So it's a way of indicating shortcut. And that's just reflective in, in the words where it says, Adma kifna adari Instead of going around, I'll go in. This that we say you can't use a shul as a shortcut, that's only true if it, you just ordinarily want to do it. But let's say there was a path before the shul was built, so it used to be, it was like precedent, there was an existing shortcut that people would walk through, so then it's mutter to use the shul as a shortcut. It's mutter to, because the shul, even when you build it, doesn't have the right, this is always an interesting thing, the public had a right of a shortcut, so the, even the building of a shul itself and the sanctity of the shul doesn't have the right to take that away. Says the someone who entered for a different reason, whatever the reason is, it wasn't for the reason of making a shortcut. Then at that point, and then he could later use it as a shortcut. You don't say, in other words, once you came in, um, no matter what your reason, even for legitimate reason, you just can't end up getting a shortcut. The point is, it's all about coming in to use it as a shortcut. So that's the idea. But once you came in legitimately, it's not a problem to take a shortcut when, and get out. Says the Gemara. 
which is basically exactly what we just said. If you enter the shul to say to Davin, you'd be allowed to use it as a shirk when you leave. We're talking about the people who came in front of Hashem on the Yom Tovim, and they came to bow. So they come on the northern gate, and they would bow, they would daven, and then they could leave on the southern gate. Ah, it ended up that they cut through the base of Mikdash, but that's totally okay, right? Because they didn't, that's not, that wasn't the purpose of their entry. They're not entering to get to the other side. They're entering to daven. Once they're davening, then they can leave on the other side. Then the Mishnah said, all of us, the grass sprouts, we have a ruined shul. It's no longer being used. So we're trying to, you know, get the grief going from the people. So if the grass grows, so it says, don't uproot it because of the grief. So the Gemara says, Atanya says, don't uproot it and feed it to animals. You can uproot it and leave it there. So it sounds like it's a stira. Should you uproot it or not? So the Gemara says, Our Mishnah doesn't object to uprooting it in principle. When our Mishnah said, don't uproot it, it means don't uproot it and feed it to the animals. But in a Hanami, you can, you, you can uproot it and leave it there. Just the point is that you're not using it. It's, the grass should be left there. That we don't really care whether it's connected to the ground or not. Says the Gemara, it says in a bright in a cemetery, you have to have a certain seriousness. You have to have You don't graze animals. A water canal shouldn't pass there. You don't pick grass in there. Let's say you did pick the grass. You just quickly burn it on the spot and out of respect for the dead. So what is out of respect for the dead here? And what, what's that going on? What's going on at the end of the bride? where it says that if you pick the grass, you should burn it out of respect for the dead. If you burn them on the spot, why is that honor for the dead? So in other words, the point is, it's much more like you just like burn it privately over there so nobody notices or anything, but why is that respect for the dead? That's not, it doesn't seem to be like a tremendous amount of respect. So when it says, El Arisha, it's going back in the beginning of the Brisa. It said in the beginning of the Brisa that you shouldn't have Kalos Rosh in the cemetery and going back on that point. So it's saying a whole list of things in the cemetery and then, and then it's just, you know, summing up that all these dinim are um, out the Kavod Hamis. Okay, Gavaldik. Now, the last part of the Masechta, we talk about the Arba Parshas. Arba Parshas is a, a, a very old Takana. That to be four special Parshas that are read. And we have Shkalim, Zachar, Paran, Achodesh. And we're going to talk in detail about them. So the first one we jump into, Rosh Chodesh Adar, Shachalios B'Shabiz. If Rosh Chodesh Adar coincides with the Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh also falls on the seventh day of the week. So Koran, B'Parsha, Shkalim. Then, when we read Kriyas Torah, we read the Parsha of Shkalim. Now, today, it's so obvious to us that we just read Shkalim in addition to the regular Kriya Satara. It's an addition, right? The Gemara is going to debate that point back and forth. Is it replaced or added? We'll talk about that. But to keep an open mind when you're learning this, because it's not necessarily always, you know, in, in, in sync with what, you, with what we are already aware of the way we practice. So but when it's Rosh Chodesh, we read the Shkalim. We'll see what that means, what Shkalim is. Chalilas Patoka Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh is within the day of the weeks, meaning... It's, it's not on Shabbos, but a weekday. Makim and the Shabbos. Yishkalim is always read before. So Yishkalim is either read the week before Rosh Chodesh, or if it is Rosh Chodesh itself, then you read it on Rosh Chodesh. In that case, where Rosh Chodesh was during the week, so you read Yishkalim the Shabbos before, then the following Shabbos you take a break. You take a break from what? You take a break from reading a special parashah. Why? Why is that? Because Zachar is always the Shabbos before Purim. Because the whole theme of Zachar is remembering Amalek with Haman and Amalek. So if Rosh Chodesh is Shabbos, so then there's only two Shabbos before Purim, because that means Purim would be a Friday. So then it would be, Shkalim would be Rosh Chodesh, and next Shabbos would be Zachar, and then Purim would be a Friday. But if Rosh Chodesh would be during the week, so then Shkalim was going to be before, it's going to be during the days of Shabbat, so then the next Shabbos you take a break, and then the following week you read Zachar, which is the week before Purim. 
Bashniya Zachar, the second Shabbos, but again, when we say second, it means if the first one was Rosh Chodesh. It always means the week before Parm, you read Zachar. Bashlishe is Paraduma, the third week would be Paraduma, Rabbi Yisrael Chodesh is Lechem, and the fourth Shabbos, Rabbi Yisrael Chodesh is Lechem. Now, obviously, you could start wondering that there's always going to be a bunch of cases. Let's say I spoke about that scenario where Purim was a Friday, and there should be actually three Shabbosim left before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So what, when, when do you do Echodesh and when do you do Para? We'll talk about that in the Gemara. You know, which one you're going to take a break. So anyways, Bachamishas, when you get to the Fish Abbas, close in the Kasitra and you go back to the regular. So we'll see again, in the, again, in Machlokas in the Gemara. Does, what does it mean you go back to the regular? Does that mean during these weeks you didn't have regular Kriya Satora and it means you're going back now to regular Kriya Satora? Does it mean the regular Haftorah? But the, there was a special Haftorah for, on, on during the Dalai Parashios which replaced the regular Haftorah. And then after this you go back to the regular Haftorah. So we'll see in the Gemara. Whenever you have like a special day, so you're mafsik, the regular, your regular reading because of that. So let's say, you know, I don't know, Rosh Chodesh, um, let's say it's, it's Pesach is a Shabbos, right? So you don't, you don't have a regular Kriya Satorah of Shabbos that week. You have the, the what's special for, for Pesach. For Rosh Chodeshim, you also interrupt the regular reading on Rosh Chodesh, right? Let's say on Monday or Thursday, you're supposed to read whatever you're supposed to read. What happens to be is Rosh Chodesh. So then you read only Rosh Chodesh. And what way is Yom Kippur special? Yom Kippur is being singled out of the Mishnah because of Mincha. Every other Yantif, Yantif at Shabbos, so in the morning you only read the Yantif reading. But on the, uh, uh, on the afternoon, the Kriya Satora, it's the Shabbos Kriya Satora. You know where you have that a lot of times with the Zosar Bracha or Shmini, right? Those always come out. So you have that a lot of times, you read that a lot. Because there, the reason why you do the Shabbos Kriya is because out Yantif, there's no Kriya Satora on Yantif afternoon. It's very interesting to think about why there's not a Kriya Satara in Yantav afternoon. But Lamaisa says not. So therefore, if it coincides with Shabbos, then the Kriya Satara will be of Shabbos. Masha'ek in Yom Kippur, if Yom Kippur is Shabbos and Yom Kippur warrants it by itself, it has, it has its own Kriya Satara by the afternoon, by Mincha. So if it's Shabbos, then again, Yom Kippur will win. So basically, whatever is special wins. Says the Gemara, Tanan Asam. We learned in the Mishnah there. Mishnah here is in Shkalim. The first of other basin starts announcing the Shkalim tax. That everybody has to pay the half shekel about Kalayim. And we also start warning people about Kalayim that is growing in the field. So the Gemara analyzes. I understand why that's the right time. That's the time when people plant. So since now it's the time of planting. It means a little bit. Usually people plant a little bit earlier. But the point is, now the seeds are sprouting and you can see a lot of potential climb issues. So now the people have to be aware. They have to watch out for climb. So that's why it makes sense that we should go out. Why do we know? Like, why are we doing this by Adar? What does Adar have to do with the Shkalim? So, Amar Avtavi. Amar Avyoshi Adamar Krasos Olos Kodesh Bachacho. It says, Zos Olos Kodesh Bachacho. And it's talking about, like, Chadash. So sometimes mean like new, like renewal. And it repeats it, right? Because it's a kachodesh, etc. So what it says, like rep- repetitive over here. So we say that it's lashon chadash, do something new. That there's a new month, there's one month a year when we renew the whole thing. And all the karbonos are going to be brought, all the karbonos, meaning all the public karbonos are going to be brought, are going to be brought from a new separation. Meaning from new funds, from a new year's funds. And we dash and then that means Rosh Chodesh Nisan. We had that in Mesachas Rosh Hashanah. Because we have a whole thing that the Stam beginning Rosh Chodesh Hashanah is Nisan. So we say so too here that we renew one month a year and we bring all Karbanos from that month and on from the new funds. So we say that's a reference to Nisan. So that means from Rosh Chodesh, Nisan and on, all the offerings that are going to be brought will be brought from the new collection. So now it's intuitive. Once it's Nisan, that we're going to start offering from the new 
Truma, so Kadmina Vikarina Bachar Ba'adr. It makes sense that we give one month's time to prepare for that. From Rosh Chodesh, Adr, and An, we're going to start preparing to get the new Shkalev Ki'ech, the last Shkalev Amikdash, we want the Shkalev to be brought before the first of Nisan. So now we kind of get the concept. The concept is that there's a yearly, there's a yearly collection, the collection of Shkalev. And the reason is because we have this din of Chadesh, Rabbi Shemul Chadasha, and that comes from the extra Pasuk here of Zosol Zos Chalosh B'Chadshah, from Rosh Chodesh and Nisan and An, we're going to bring the Karbanas from the new Shkalev. So we give, we give a, lo- a month before, we start collecting those half Shkalev from everybody in Klai Yisrael. So it's interesting that uh, it's separated by 30 days. That's how long we prepare. So the Lord says, Even two weeks prepare are enough to prepare. How do we know two weeks? It's like if you're having a holiday or an event, how long of preparation do you need? A month or two weeks? So it seems like it's a dispute. Tanakama says you should begin studying the laws of Pesach 30 days before. Two weeks suffices. So presumably... So if we're seeing a machlokas preparing for Pesach is a month or two weeks. So so to here, right? What are we saying over here? We're saying that um, we're saying that we're we're going to start preparing to get the shkalim a month before a month before we need it. So lachayra that should only be like the Tanakam, according to Gamliel. Two weeks should suffice. So what's the pshat? So the Gemara explains no. If you look at Shem Gamliel, could be going to Shem Gamliel as well. Because Kiman Daber Mar, since we said in the Mishnah Vachamishas Shochanet Shem Medina, already on the fifteenth of Adar, the money changers would sit in the Medina, meaning it was very important because there was going to be obviously a higher demand for the half, half shkalim. So the money changers were, were sent out and they had a job to help people convert their coins into half shkalim. So already the fifteenth of Adar, the money changers are sent out. On the twenty-fifth of Adar, they would sit by the base of Mikdash. the money changers we proceed by two weeks. So meaning to say, it's not a month long. It's not like we have a month to go. We have a month to go until we're going to use it, but it's really only two weeks to go until we start needing the, 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 the money changers to start doing their job of exchanging the coins to the people. So two weeks in advance of the money changers exchanging for people, that's when we start reading it. So it actually could be exactly, you can look at it from exactly through his perspective as well. That would make sense. All right, so now we know we read Shkala. But now the Gemara asks a very basic question. My Parsha Shkalem. What is Parsha Shkalem? What, what portion from the Torah discusses the Shkalem? So, um, so Rav says, Rav, Rav says, you should read the portion that discusses bringing the carbon Dhamit. What's the rationale? Because that's the whole point. The whole point is that we're discussing how the carboners are brought for Klai Yisrael. And it says there in the Pasuk, right? This is the Pasuk that you bring, you renew once a year. And that's the whole very reason why we're collecting the Shkalem. So Rav says, you read about the carbon atomic. Shmuel says that you count kisisa. Kisisa is when, right, with Moshe Rabbeinu in the Mishkan, and they, they collected the shkalim from everybody. So the Gemara says, Bishop, I understand why the Mishkan called it shkalim. Why? Because it says there about the shkalim. According to Rav, that you read from Parshas Pinchas about that you bring the, the daily Tamin. And you bring the carbon Rosh Kodesh, the Gemara is very bothered by this. Why? Because it doesn't say anything about the Shkallim. <laughs> it doesn't say it about the Shkallim. So the Gemara defends, and it does. What's the reason why we have a half Shkallim and others? Because of Rev Tavi. Rev Tavi linked the mitzvah of the Shkallim with the mitzvah of Karbanos. That was Rev Tavi's whole point. So it makes sense that Karbani Lachmi should be called Parsha Shkallim. It actually does make sense because according to Rev Tavi, they're associated together. So even though it doesn't say explicitly anything about Shkallim and Parsha's Pinchas over there, but through Rev Tavi's Rasha, it connected the Shkallim to those Karbanos. Now the opposite. Israel, I understand because it talks about Karbanos because Rav Tavi, like Rav Tavi said, that the Shkallim is to bring the Karbanos. 
Kabbalah is mitzivit. That's Kabbalah is written over there. Shkalim atonim mitziv. It's talking about shkalim. And where did the shkalim go? The shkalim go for the bases, right? What did the shkalim do for the adonim, for the sockets, right? The shkalim and the bases that were used for the for the the walls of the the crushing. That's what they went for. So basically, what we're saying is, who says that the the shkalim that were collected in Parshas Kisisa had anything to do with the kavanos? How do we know that that's true at all? Says the mark of the Tanya Rav Yosef. That's not a kasha. like the Brits Rav Yosef. Shalos Truma's in. If you look, it says Truma three times when in that opening parsha Parshas Kisisa. There are three times like repetitive. It says it says three times the lashon Truma. Shall we say that there were three different collections over there in Moshe's time? Shal Mizbeach, Mizbeach. There was one for the Mizbeach. That was Lamas Be'ach, and that was uh, the one that we want for the Karbanos. Goes to the Mizbe'ach, Shaladonim, Ladonim. That one that was collected for the bases went for the bases. Shabbat the Kabbaz, Shabbat the Kabbaz. And that was, that was the one for general upkeep of the base of Mikdash. So those are the three Trimas. So basically, we're saying, even though it doesn't say explicitly that we're collecting the Shkalim to buy Karbanos, but uh, that's one of the, the, the three Trimas that is referenced there in Parshas Kisiza. Says the Gemara, according to the one who says that Yuriki Sisa, I understand it's good because this Rosh Chodesh will be different than other Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh. Meaning the Mishnah said, if Rosh Chodesh Adar is Shabbos, you read Shkalim. So according to the Madamar, that Shkalim is Kisisa, it's good. You're not, you're not, you're, instead of just reading the regular Rosh Chodesh uh, Torah reading, which is Parshas Pinchas over there, instead you read Shkalim from Kisisa. How is it different from any other Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, right? Normally on Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, it seems that you read Rosh Chodesh, and what, um, you, which is this Karbani Lachmi. And now that is Parsha Shkalim, you buy to read Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, you buy to going to read Parsha Shkalim. So the Gemara is assuming that Shkalim, it, it, it pushes away the regular Torah reading. That's what the Gemara is assuming. You just read Shkalim. So the Gemara is saying, if it means that, on, if the mission was saying that on Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, you read Shkalim, and Shkalim is a Karbani Lachmi, that's what I would do anyways if it was Rosh Chodesh. So in what way is it any different? What's the Pshat? So what's going on over here? Now, there seems to be an, an obvious answer is that on a regular Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, you don't, right, we don't read, we only start from Biyom Shabbos, no? We only start from Biyom Shabbos and we read Rosh Chodesh. We don't read the first ape psukim about the Karvan Tavid. Whereas here, in Shkalim, according to Rav, the whole point is more Karvan Tavid psukim. It seems a little strange. It, seem, it seems that a regular Shabbos Rosh Chodesh back in the time of the Gemara, they were starting from his Karvan Yilachim. Anyway, so the Gemara says, Shani, it's different. No, on a regular Shabbos Rosh Chodesh, you have six people called up the Torah for the regular Kriya Torah, and then the meaning of the regular week, and then the seventh person is called up for Rosh Chodesh. But if it's Rosh Chodesh on Shabbos, then everything is only dedicated, all the aliyos only go to the Rosh Chodesh day. Now, again, just to make a point, we do seven aliyahs from the week and then one aliyah from Rosh Chodesh, the maftir. But the Gemara is going to Iker Adin that the maftir can be one of the seven. So if the maftir can be one of the seven, so they would pick the aliyah six for the Parshat Shavuah, and the seventh one would be um, Rosh Chodesh. So anyways, the Gemara is saying that on Parshat Shkalem, you only have uh, the, the, the Kriya from Rosh Chodesh, the parts. That's true if you hold that way. That on Shkalem, you don't read the regular reading of the week. Right? You go back, it means you go back to reading the regular parshas as you will. I'm not to say the Haftorahs, according to the one who says that you go back to reading the Haftorahs, parshas, Yom Karinan, but every week during the Dal parshas, you're reading the regular Kriya Satorah, my Shani, so how is it different? Because it's a Machlokas, and we're going to, according to that opinion, and Estam, there's always a regular Kriya Satorah, so what's the Pshat? In what way would it be different? Says the Gemara Shani, uh, it is actually different. 
Um, it is going to be different. A regular Rosh Chodesh on Shabbos, six people would read the regular portion of the Torah, and one would read Rosh Chodesh. Three people would read the whole portion of the Torah, and four people would read from the Rosh Chodesh part. So meaning they would highlight the fact that it was Parsha Shkolim, they would have only would read the entire Parsha Shavuot with only three aliyahs, and then four aliyahs would read from Rosh Chodesh to show that like it was special that it was Parsha Shkolim. Says the Gemara, again, this is all to defend Rav. So now we see that the Haftorah is a special Haftorah from Yehoyada HaKoin, which if you take a look at the Haftorah, it's all about collecting Shkalim. So the Gemara says, It's good according to Shmuel that you read Kisisa. That's why the Haftorah is fitting for Yehoda. It's like it. What does it say? It says about donating the half, shekel, the half shekels. Elamadam is coming and laughing. Me dummy. You're not reading about Karbanos. You're reading about the half shekels. So it's a proof that Shmuel's right. So the Gemara says, No, me kid Rav Tavi. It's comparable because Rav Tavi, again, once Rav Tavi explained that there's an association between the Karbanos and the half shekel, then reading about the half shekel is reading Parsha Shkolem. It actually makes a lot of sense. They're associated together. So it's not a question on Rav. Finally, we get the, oh, so a little bit more. If the Rosh Chodesh Adar fell on a Shabbos when the regular Torah portion is very close to it. In other words, it could come out if you think about it, if it makes a lot more sense according to Shmuel, that Kisisa and Shkalim should anyways be right around the same week. Whether it's Shabbos before the Shabbos after, you still read Shkalim on the first Shabbos and then you repeat it on the next Shabbos. Meaning, don't be thrown off by that. If, if Kisisa is around, Parsha's Kisisa is right around Shkalim, don't worry about it. Go for it. So that all makes sense according to Shmuel. That's why like, it comes out that the reading of Kisisa is, is being doubled up because Parsha Shkalim is Kisisa and the regular Torah reading, reading is Kisisa. So that's why it's saying, don't be alarmed that you might be reading Kisisa two weeks in a row. But according to Rav, it's Kavani Lachni. So how does that ever happen? That's in the summer, right? Parsha's Pinchas in the middle of the summer. How is that ever going to be around Rosh Chodesh Adar? So the Gemara says, in the name of Rav and the Maskele, the rise with Lashinin, for the people of Israel who have a three-year cycle for how they read the Torah, so then it can come out. In where the Gullah's Bavel type of reading where it's a yearly cycle. So you're right, Pinchas never falls at, 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 around Rosh Chodesh Adar. But according to the Israeli cycle, it could in fact fall out. And that's what we were saying. If it would fall out, then you wouldn't be alarmed if you would read as Karbani Lachmi two weeks in a row. So after we've defended Rav from all these questions, finally, finally, the Gemara Shalak said, Aptanya Kavazet Deshmo, Bashkolosh Ashkolosh Bashavas Karm, Kisisa, Maftirim Bayadah Kohen. It says, Mamash, explicitly you read Kisisa. And that's the way we pass him. We know we pass him like Shmuel. Says the Gemara, Amar Vizchok Nafka, Bashkolosh Ashkolosh Bashavas, in the scenario of our Mishnah, Bashkolosh Adar Shavas. So we have three things, right? The Kriya Satora, the Parsha Sashavua, Bashkolosh, and so, we take out three Sifri Torah and we read from them. The first one of Parsha says another time it's going to happen. is one of the days of Hanukkah. So, if that happens to be on Shabbos, you take out three Torah and you read. Right? So, what's the necessary to say both of these Chidushim, right? We have to bring about both cases, Rosh Chodesh Adar that Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh Tevis that Shabbos. If you only said the first one, Rosh Chodesh Tevis, welcome, Rabbi Yitzchak. Maybe over there, Avlahach, but the other one, we should hold like Rav, and Rosh Chodesh Kalim is Karbani Lachmi. If you hold like Rav, the Rosh Chodesh Kalim is Karbani Lachmi. So then I don't need three Sifrei Torah because Rosh Chodesh and Shkalim is one and the same. 
It's identical. Parshash Kalam and Parshash Kotesh are the same. Kamash Walan, we teach us that we go like Shmuel. If you go like Shmuel, then you need three Sifrei Torah. Because Rosh Kotesh is one, one reading, and Shkalim is from Kisisa. So we'll only speak about the case of Rosh Kotesh Adar. Once you speak about the case of Rosh Kotesh Adar, why would I need the one about Rosh Kotesh Teves? So the Mar says, you're right. One was just deduced from the other one. Meaning, really, he only spoke about the case of Rosh Kotesh Adar that fell on Shabbos. Once he said that one, then the Talmidim took out that the same thing should be true for Rosh Chodesh Teves that falls on Shabbos, that we have three Sefer Torah. Says the Gemara Yitzmar, Rosh Chodesh Teves Shechales Lechol. What happens when Rosh Chodesh Teves is during the week? So normally, a little introduction. Hanukkah normally has how many aliyos? Three. Rosh Chodesh normally has four aliyos. Now, it's Rosh Chodesh Teves that it's also Hanukkah. So how do we have, how do we have the Kriya Satorah? So I'm going to be current plus Rosh Chodesh. First, we have three people read from Rosh Chodesh, three aliyos from Rosh Chodesh, v'chad b'chanukah, and then the one person reads Hanukkah. The opposite, you have three aliyos from Hanukkah, v'chad b'rosh Chodesh, and the fourth aliyah reads Rosh Chodesh. Why? So Rosh Chodesh is more is more tadir than is more frequent than Chanukah. So since Rosh Chodesh is more tadir, then we should do Rosh Chodesh first. We should do the three aliyahs of Rosh Chodesh and then only have the one aliyah of Chanukah. Says the Gemara, No, it's more logical the opposite way. That it should be three aliyahs of Chanukah and the fourth one should be Rosh Chodesh. Why? Why is there a fourth aliyah? Why, when you're up to Ravi, you're only up to an Aliyah that's there because of Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh, he'll the Rosh Chodesh by the Mikra. It only makes sense to read the fourth Aliyah from Rosh Chodesh. So therefore, the first three Aliyahs should be Hanukkah and the fourth Aliyah should be Rosh Chodesh because the only reason there is a fourth Aliyah is because of Rosh Chodesh. So to demonstrate that point, we therefore make sure that the fourth Aliyah is Rosh Chodesh. So very interesting Machlaikis. Again, when Rosh Chodesh falls on Hanukkah. What is the fourth? How do I do it? Do I do three aliyahs of Hanukkah, fourth aliyah of Rosh Chodesh, or the opposite? So, I have a lot. We pass it. If you say, look at this language of the Gemara. We don't care about Rosh Chodesh. What does that mean, we don't care? Of course, we care. We're going to read it. It means we don't care for it to be first. We put the three aliyahs of Hanukkah first, and then the fourth one is Rosh Chodesh. Just the opposite. We don't care about Hanukkah. Which means that you do three aliyahs of Rosh Chodesh and the fourth aliyah from Hanukkah. So now the Gemara says, how do we paskin? And that's the way we paskin. So we have three aliyahs from Rosh Chodesh, and then we have the fourth aliyah from Hanukkah. And again, the Svar is that the way that the Gemara explained it, because of Tadir Tadir Kodem.